This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. This episode is sponsored by The Alcohol Experiment, a free 30-day challenge designed to interrupt your patterns, give you control, restore your health, and put you back in touch with the version of you who doesn't need alcohol to cope, relax, or enjoy life. More than 220,000 people have already tried The Alcohol Experiment for themselves and have seen improved sleep, increased happiness, reduced anxiety, and so much more. Join thousands in this inspiring, hopeful, and exciting program where you examine your beliefs and reconnect with the best version of you without ever feeling like you're missing out. Start today for free at alcoholexperiment.com. Hi, this is Annie Grace and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. And I am so excited about this episode uh, because I'm here with Dax. Welcome. Thank you. And I got to say my affirmation that goes like this, man, it's your boy Dax. And we back at it like a bad habit. If you want something in this life, you better go grab it today, baby. We're going to make a big play. Yes. Oh, I love that. Um, gosh, it is your song, Dear Alcohol, is like, I don't know, it, it's it's an anthem and a touchstone and an inspiration and just so powerful for so many people right now, especially coming out of COVID and where everybody like started really over drinking in a much bigger right. way than even we were before. So the, the timeliness of it. Um, so I just... I just want to get all the goods. Like I, I want to go way back in time for you and, and just talk about this journey for you, like back even to your childhood, like your first drink, where did it all begin? Um, where did it start? Good. So for me, uh, like when I had my first drink. Yeah. So I had my first drink when I was 17. So to sort of backpedal it. And when I was 11 years old, I found the law of attraction and immediately Amazing. tested it out. And I was like, okay, so I started to, I remember watching, it was a video on YouTube. So it says, you know, test it out for yourself. So I started thinking of my, my favorite car at the time, or what I thought was my favorite car, BMW 3 Series. I started to see it everywhere. And I would say that was the moment in my life where I was no, like I was starting to have control over what was coming into my life. So at 11 years old, I made the decision, okay, I want to be a basketball player. So that was a 10 year spout. And it was basically like, I gave up you know, basically all fun from, you know, that 10 years in that point, I was in Ottawa, Canada. So I wasn't going to party. I wasn't doing anything but working on basketball, trying to get out of Canada to play in the US. So once I entered high school, it was more of the same thing, strict, you know, four times a day, travel team, school, basketball, extra weights, everything like that. So I skipped out on every single party, you know, didn't, never even done drugs up to this point in my life never even tried to smoke a weed or anything didn't drink didn't do nothing didn't talk to girls didn't nothing so i get to 17 years old you know i'm now the best basketball player in the city things are looking good i felt like i could just like breathe a little bit so it was like a really conscious decision to have like my first drink because i've always been really in my head you know i'm always thinking things through and i've always felt like there's like a like i'm watching from like a couple different places and like just when it comes to decision making. So I'm like, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna go to my first party, 17 years old. I graduate next year. But I want to drink alone for the first time so I can actually feel the effects of what alcohol does. You know, it's just the way my my mind works. So I decided to go to my first party. I sit in my basement alone and they get Heineken down there because my parents had like this um Nigerian party. 
And uh, there was just let no one ended up drinking. And there was just a bunch over leftover Heineken in my basement, beer everywhere. So I sit on a chair where I would do my dribbling drills, Heineken, and I literally was like talking to it. I'm like, wow, so this is a different, like I'm walking into a new chapter of life. This is my first time drinking, 17. It was around like a March 11th, around the time when I actually released Dear Alcohol. So I look at it, I open it. And I remember like reading online that like, if you start drinking, sitting down, like in, when you stand up, it's more of like a head rush. So I started sitting down. So I drink this Heineken and I feel like a head rush. And I was like, whoa. And I remember I drank a couple because you know, I'm sort of a big guy. And I remember the first thing I was like, oh, wow, I noticed that I'm blinking. That was like the first thing I noticed. So then I ended up going to that party. And mind you, that whole high school career, I was very like, not antisocial, but I like, I didn't party. I didn't do anything like that. So no one expected me to be there. And I showed up alone, you know, but I just remember that night being so social and so like confident and just like, you know, hitting on girls, just doing everything that I was all more nervous to do. And it all just came so easily. Cause my, my first thing, like I had known like friends who would drink and like fight. You know, I had known friends who would like drink and just like do dumb shit and put their life on the line and just like, what are you doing? You know? So I was always like wondering what type of drinker I was going to be, but I quickly figured out I was like a happy drunk. You know, I just wanted to talk to girls. So like, I remember after that party, everyone was like, yo, Daniel, bro, like, yo, we saw you at the party, bro. You were like going crazy and da 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 And like, I had some more drinks at that party, but no one knew I showed up and had already started drinking. So it quickly for me became like this superpower, like, yo, I could take some of this and like turn into just like this confident monster that's just like on a whole nother level than what I already was, yeah. you know? So it became like this like chasing thing where it was like, okay, I was trying to become this guy full time yeah. because I was like, man, if I could just live like him all the time, man, no one can stop me, you know? So, but I was also playing basketball then, so it was never really an issue because I wasn't drinking during the week. So I'm 17, I leave, I go to, for one year I went to a private Catholic Christian prep school in Wichita, Kansas. So I didn't drink all year. You know, we couldn't even like look at girls. You know, we had mass, we had chapel every day, but I love that school. Shout out to Sunrise Christian Academy. And then I went to junior college, I was a freshman. And that's where like, okay, now it's like my first year of college. It's like stepping out into the world a little bit. And it was just like, you know, turning up, you know, so every weekend drinking, um, doing all those things. Then I went to University of Montana, Division One. My Casper College, I went in Wyoming, had like maybe 3,000 kids. The University of Montana had like 25,000, you know. So now I'm just like, wow, you know, I'm still not doing, I don't do any drugs, but I was still drinking every weekend. And sometimes during the week, but basketball was also there too. So basketball sort of kept like a whole. And then I went to my third school in four and a half years. I went to three colleges in four and a half years. It's a long story, I know. Uh, and then I was at Wichita, Kansas. I was at Newman University, still drinking every weekend. Then started writing music. I was drinking during that. And then once school was over, I became a full-time artist. I went out to LA for a little bit. And now there was like no, like there was no umbrella to stop me from like drinking every day because with like music, it's like, you know, I was in the studios, I was doing everything that was alcohol was accompanied with everything. You know, so that first eight months I was at like events every night drinking because I needed the alcohol to become that guy, you know? And then um, that eight month period happened and I went on tour with Tech Nine my first time. So that was like, 
that year. My first year of touring was 100 shows, 55 with Tech Nine, 30 of my own in America, then 20 something of my own in Canada, drinking before every show, you know, going crazy. Then as soon as I get off that tour, the pandemic hits. Mm. You know, so then the pandemic, I was like stuck at home drinking even more. So it, like from 17 on, it was just like this consistent, you know, drinking all the way up until now, 28. And I looked back like a, a month and a half ago. Uh, I, I wrote Dear Alcohol a month and a half before it came out. And when I first wrote wow. the start of the song, I was like, I asked myself, I was like, when was the last time you haven't drank for like, you know, two days in a row? And I was like, I didn't, I literally didn't know the answer. You know, so that was sort of like the story a little bit. But. Wow. Wow. Um, so to dig into a few parts of that, like when when you're saying, you know, you want to be able to live like him all the time. And I can really relate to that. I, I feel like, you know, it brings out this this side of us that we think is not like more us, but I think it's really right. us. We just have to actually learn how to feel free enough and be confident enough to actually right. be that version of ourselves. So in, so in a way it gives us this glimpse into who we really can be, but then we don't really need the crutch. So have you found that you can like be him now without drinking? Um, you know, it's crazy. Like I can be him more now, but I think it has to do with a, a lot to do with me being more successful, you know, where now it's just like, well, you know, it really doesn't matter like what I wear or what I do. People think I'm cool regardless. You know, but I mean, like back then, it's like, you know, I was, I'm an overnight janitor, you know, it's like, I didn't really, even with like, I would say like, you know, it's not, I'm not trying to hate on myself, but like, even like, you know, I didn't really become like, it didn't really, I couldn't even really like get girls until I became like the best basketball player in the city somewhat, you know, like I had to really like work to even sort of get that popping. So it was just like, you know, it was, uh. It was, it was, it was trying to find that confidence, I guess. Now it's, it's easier because of the things I've accomplished, I guess. I guess the answer to that. That's so interesting though, because I, I wonder if, if that is like, I think it's probably available to you, no matter what you are, where your circumstances is, but we have this societal thing that, oh, well, you can't have all this confidence if you haven't achieved but actually right. it was an inner switch anyway, right? Like you just believed in yourself, but you needed the external proof to kind right. of do it. And I still, I, like I always confidence in my skill and my craft. It wasn't like basketball wasn't what I needed alcohol for. It was like the social construct of like, because like basketball, like in like, you know, music, I could like completely control my craft. It's control, but like other things that I couldn't control was like, all right, man, like, man, when I walk up, you know, to this girl, like, what, what do I say? Yeah. You know, like just different things you can't control. So that's where like I felt I needed that aid for and just really just like not like caring about what people thought. Alcohol really helped with that. You know, and then obviously, you know, you talk about the emotional shit, you know, that's a whole nother realm of alcohol use, you know. So um you you said something and you said like I was playing basketball through universities and then I just became an artist and I would love to know like how, how did that <laughs> just happen? So I was thinking about the other day. So I had this, I had this enlightenment period. So like I said, I spent my whole life trying to, you know, play basketball 
crazy commitment. I basically tried to mimic Kobe Bryant's work ethic. He was like, you know, the person I looked up to, I'd grown up in terms of a figure, you know? So I was trying to mimic that, which, so I was working insane amounts. And then finally I get to division one basketball university of Montana was like the height of like, I was like, wow, I finally got here. And then boom, it didn't work out. You know, they asked me to leave the school at the end of the year. That's a whole story in itself. I get to the Newman university and now I have to get a job. I was still on scholarship, but I have to get a job. So I became an overnight janitor. I was 7.25 an hour. I did that for two and a half years, almost three. Um, so they put me in Matias Hall, which was like the arts department of the school. So I was consistently and constantly cleaning up around like uh, art festivals, poetry readings, uh, anything artsy fartsy. I was basically taking the garbage out and cleaning and all the thing like that every day. So I think I just started to grow like an affinity towards it. And then also my whole life, I've always been good with words. Oh, I was always like the kid, like, you know, freestyling was younger. And um, on the way to the game one day, I wrote a poem. It, we were going to play Arkansas Fort Smith. And I was listening to this song and it just inspired me to write my first. So I write this poem. I look down and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And then I take it to my teammate. His name was Travis. And I was like, yo, bro, check out this poem I just wrote. And he was like, you wrote that? And I was like, yeah, bro, I just wrote it on the bus. And he's like, yeah, that's crazy. So I just kept writing poetry, poetry, kept writing poetry. So then that poetry eventually transitioned into, um, I was making like poetry music videos and then finally like music. Oh, that's so, so cool. Yeah, that's, that's how so that happened. Cool. That's awesome. I was like, that just feels like, wow, just total change. But what a cool thing. Right. That's just awesome. So um, what what has the response to specifically Dear Alcohol been like? The response has been amazing. You know, it's it's even just to like see all the people that I that I went to school with reach out to me and just be like, yo, this is having an impact on me. It really confirmed to me that like, I always felt like alcohol abuse was something that people suffer a lot in silence. Yeah, because it's almost like I don't have a problem with it because I never said I had a problem. I was just like, you know, I just like to drink when I, you know, what I mean, it's like because it's so socially accepted. So I think that it was just, it was to me it was shocking to hear that like, wait, you, damn, you have a problem with alcohol? I would have never known. Yeah, you know, it's like people who I remember back in college, they were just like, you know, they love to party and stuff like that. But I've always felt like once you're out of that like umbrella and you're out in the real you're no longer in college, you're no longer in high school, there's no like, it's just you're in the real world, that partying quickly turns to like abuse. Because there's nothing like, oh, well, like I'm still in college, so, like it doesn't really matter that I drink because I still have like three years left, so I'm good, this is part of life. But now it's like you're in the real world and it's like, damn, I'm back at work on Monday, but I'm like plastered, you know? So it's just, it's been a really good response. People have been really positive, which is awesome, really supportive. No, oh, it's so cool that, I mean, it's such a great song and it, it's just, it's, I think, rare that such a good song that is, would be popular no matter what it was singing about, you know, because of, of just the music and the lyrics, then is so profoundly touching in terms of like the, the message and how many people it can reach, which is just awesome. So will you take me back in your story to you know, you've been doing all this touring, like the hundred some tours and, and then pandemic hits. And so your whole world had to have 
just, I mean, talk about one of the most drastic shifts there could possibly be from being out on the road to at home. How did right, that go? So, um, so like I said, I get off that, I get off that third, it was, a, it was my first year touring. So I quickly realized on that tour, I was like, I can sustain this type of like level of like alcohol consumption and just like partying if I want to do this long-term. So I was already making a shift in my mind, but the shift didn't have to do with necessarily alcohol. It was more like, okay, I'm not going to party after shows. I'm just going to go sleep, eat my rice and chicken, you know? But I was still like drinking and everything before shows. So I get off that tour and I just remember thinking like, man, I just need to like be by myself for a bit. That was just a, meeting a lot of people, you know, a lot of different energies and everything like that. And I remember the hardest thing for me was like, man, I just went from like drinking every day for like a minute. And now I'm just like in my house. And I was just like consistently just picking up the bottle, you know, and just like drinking when I was about to do some work. And it just became like, even if I was like about to do some push-ups, you know, I would like, when I was back home for Christmas or whatever it was, I would like wake up and just have like a couple of shots of tequila, but then I would still do like two, 300 push-ups, you know? So it just like became like an aid to like everything I was doing. And then the pandemic hit and it was basically just like, you know, I'm sitting on my computer, there's nothing really to do. I'm still gonna work done for all this tedious work. Like why not just drink some alcohol with it, you know, and then have some of an energy drink. And then like, by the time, like you're basically sipping, you know, almost the whole day here and there. And yeah, it was pretty wild. And um, like I said, but to me in my brain, I didn't think it was an issue even though my mom had said something, you know, and, but it was, it wasn't really until that I wrote the first line of this song that I was like, I think there's a problem maybe, you know, cause usually like my songs, I feel like they come from a place, you know, like, mm. so I was just like, damn, I got wasted because I didn't want to deal with myself tonight. And I was like, whoa, yeah. you know? really profound yeah so it was just like we were just looking at myself and I was like dang like could you stop drinking for like a month or two months or three like is that possible so I was like once I first once I finished making this song I was really like okay listen bro like you have the song but if you decide to put it out like you have to walk the line. Mm. Like you can't put this out and still drink. Like you have to like finally go on your word and try after eight years to just like stop drinking turkey for like, you know, a month and a half. And I was like, so I sat on it for like, you know, a month and a half. And when I first made the song, I was still drinking. You know, like I remember like when the, I initially made the song, I was listening to it by, my, by myself. I would like drink while listening to it. You know, and it was almost like I was saying, like, it was almost like my last, like, moments with alcohol. You know, I was like, all right, when, when this comes out, I'm going to have to make a change because, like, got to go with the message, you know? So, yeah, it was crazy. Um, yeah. It sounds maybe a little bit woo-woo, but it's uh, what's striking me is it's almost like you from the future, came back and gave you these lyrics and was like, Hey, we're right. going to do the stuff we want to do on this planet. We're going to make the, you know, right. the impact we want to make, like this has yeah. to, 
like some of my songs are speaking things out of existence, you know, sometimes I'm necessarily like, like going through it in the moment. Like obviously I was drinking every day in the moment, but like, it was almost like foreseeing even a worse future if I kept going at that rate, mm-hmm. you know? So I, describe that because I, I had a, um, experience where I got off, I call it the train before it crashed too. And it was almost like I was, I could see that the bridge was out ahead and, and it was like, oh my gosh, this moment of clarity where I can see where this train is going and I have the option to get off of it. I don't have to have a rock bottom. I don't have to have this terrible stuff happen. I don't have to, you know, get into a place where I have to do all, like, I can make this choice now. And what a cool thing to be able to get off the train before it crashes. Cause like it's the predictable outcome <laughs> of right. alcohol, unfortunately. Right. That's really cool. Um, so you mentioned just like hinted at the emotional aspects and obviously the song is wildly emotional, uh, but can you talk a little bit more about what that was like for you? Uh, emotional aspects I mean always when I've ever been like sad or dealing with something I've always just like drank you know like just whatever was going on if I didn't really if I did the way I was feeling you know heartbreak you know as a, I don't really want to talk about personally but like whenever something happens in life it was just like drank it was almost like therapeutic you know you drink and you turn on some like sad music and you just deal with it I, I remember when, there was a time where I was feeling like really depressed I was really sleeping a lot at that moment like I just felt like it was an escape it was just like oh, okay cool I'm gonna just go to like sleep even now when I get ridiculously angry I just shut down and I just most of the times go to sleep and hopefully when I wake up I feel better so I think alcohol was a it was like for me it was an emotional escape but I always just thinking like damn this didn't really help because whenever I like, you know, they started drinking because I was mad at something. I was like, God, now I wish I wasn't drunk. <laughs> you know? And you go you go to sleep, you wake up, and you're just like, oh, man. I think what this what the song really helped me realize is like, okay, why is it that I'm doing this? Like, I only ever drink to escape a certain feeling. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, what is that feeling? I remember, like, I used to like, let's say I would upload a video and like, you know, I would drink before I would like maybe post something on social media. So why am I taking this drink? It's because maybe like what like people's opinions was bothering me potentially. So I'm taking it to escape that. Okay. So how do I conquer that? Okay. Well, you know what I'm going to start doing? Like post something, I'm going to reply to like the first, maybe 50 comments or something like that. And I'm going to put it down and take a break, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm starting to try look at ways to combat the actual issue rather than like drinking while doing it. That's so you know? cool. Yeah. I've heard it said that if you can be unafraid of feeling any emotion, nothing is impossible. Right. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's crazy. You know, I think, and, and one thing that really put something in perspective to me, because like people were like, everyone they're still asking like man how did you stop drinking and I was like well like the weight of this song is so much that I think it's been only easy for me to stop but it's been I would say probably a lot easier than maybe for someone else because just the weight of this song and everything that's going around with it and all the support and the positivity it's almost for like me it's like all right yeah I bet we're, we're, we're pushing this song of course I can 
you know, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna put it down, you know, but I like, I do see, because I, like I said, for me, years since I was, since I haven't not, you know, probably drank for this long. So I can see how it could be very hard for other people, you know, when you don't have a whole people encouraging you and pushing you on and saying, go, 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 you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you said something earlier about kind of feeling like you had perspectives on your own life, like you're in your head and you could see things from different angles. And uh, it just strikes me that that had to have been an influence here too. Like almost like seeing the future of where this was going or, or seeing it, it takes a lot of awareness, I think, to be able to say, wait, this isn't working. Like I'm drinking right. to be mad, but it's not working or it's not actually helping like that. I feel like that awareness doesn't really come in your twenties very often. Yeah. Um, and I've always sort of been like that, you know, just, I think that's how I'm able to write the things I write. I've always felt like I've, I've done a good job, like stepping outside of my body. I honestly, sometimes I think it might be a chemical imbalance in my brain, but just like viewing almost like you're living life, but you're also watching it from the bleachers, mm -hmm. you know? So you're able to be like, like look at things that work and don't work and just, you know, take your, your feelings out of it that way and just really assess, um, you know, watching other people, you know, they say a smart man learns from his mistakes. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. Mm. You know, so I've always really just like paid attention to like different people, whether it's in music and stuff like that. Now that I do it, like, okay, what path did these people go down? And I think a lot of the hardships in music artists that I've seen from the past have usually come at the hands of vices, whether it was an addiction to different drugs, whether it was addiction to like, you know, sex, it usually comes from those types of things. So I've always tried. It's like, okay, well, you know, I just need to be disciplined to some extent, you know, so. And when you were touring and, and drinking all the time, was everybody around you doing the same thing? Or did you come to the realization that you couldn't continue in that path because you saw people who were not handling it? Or how did that work? No, I was, I was very lucky, man. I was, I was on tour with, you know, with Tech 9 and those guys are veterans. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that tour was like military, which was perfect for me because I'm the type of guy who does the same thing every day. So I, no one on that tour was struggling. They'd been doing it for years, you know, but they would like tell me stories of them when they were like my age doing it and different they may have been on or addicted to. So that's sort of how I saw that. But it was more just sort of like judging the landscape of like music as a whole. And, you know, yeah. you, look, you look at a lot of like really, you know, great artists, a lot of them were troubled in different ways, you know, and a lot of it had to do or was coupled with substance abuse, you know? So it was me just knowing what I want to do, you know, also just like, you know, having like, I've always felt like I've had like this like conversation with God where it was just like, you know, if you want to do certain things, you, there's certain things you're going to have to give up. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to get to and do what you want to do, like you can't have, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You know, so there's just been a lot of things now that I've just gotten older where it's like, man, you know, obviously my, my body and my mind wants to do these certain things, but I just got to be disciplined, even if I don't like it, you know, and it's just the way it has to be. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. I've heard it said like, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. 
And right. I think that's so true and so important. Right. And I, I've, I've conquered a lot of different things, you know, like even just breaking down in my mind, you know, like me, meaningless, like relationships or meaningless sexual relationships. I've been able to like, like separate the two now. And I really did separate it from alcohol. I think it's like, cause I've always been a commonsensical guy. You know, like in my younger days as like, you know, college basketball, first time being exposed, you know, to like, you know, college campus, you know, I was obviously going a little crazy, you know what I mean? But now I'm just like, well, you know what? Like if I meet, let's say I meet this girl, if I'm, eh, if I can't, if I can't, I'm not going to be happy waking up beside them and I probably shouldn't lay down, mm. you know, and I just leave it there. You know, now with alcohol, it's like, okay, well, I don't like the way I feel after I start drinking. You know, so like, am I never going to drink again? I don't know. It's tough to say, but I just sort of tell myself, well, just keep going on the path you're going on and see what happens. You know, because now after three months, it's really easy, you know, like for me, at least I'm still pushing the song. So that helps, you know, but yeah, once I start doing shows again, that'll be the real test. And what about like, what, what benefits have you seen to not drinking? What benefits have I seen? People tell me my skin looks a little bit better. They're telling me I'm, I'm looking good and, you know, healthy. Um, I've always been, I've always like worked out obsessively. So it's, you know, I, but I think I would say a little bit more of my definition has come back. Um, I would say I'm less angry most of the time. I control my emotions a lot better because like I said, I was like, you know, I would finish work and then I would start drinking. So from like that point on, I would say somewhat of my judgment was clouded. You know, so like now I just feel like, I just feel more in control of every single thing, you know, and I, I um, even just like saying less, you know, if something bothers me, like I really just nowadays, I just, I'm just quiet and I observe the situation, you know, maybe back in the day, I may have been like, you know, tipsy or doing something like that. So I was quicker to react emotionally. So I would say drinking less has allowed me to control my emotions more. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. It was, it was it, alcohol never got in the way of making music. I was never big on like drinking a lot while I recorded because it would like slur your words and you wouldn't be able to like deliver it as good, you know? So I might like have a couple sips of beer sometimes like when I was recording, but it was never like too much, but yeah, just deepening my connection with myself in the world and trying to get back to that just like raw person, you know? So yeah, it's been the... So how do you deal with yourself when you don't want to now? How do I deal with myself when I don't want to now? Um, wow, you know what's crazy? I started, um, I started a couple of different... I gave up energy drinks too. It's been about a month now. You know, something just started to rub me the wrong way with all these, with these Red Bull commercials and people getting wings and floating up in the sky. I don't know. <laughs> but I stopped, stopped, I stopped drinking energy drinks, so I, I feels good. Um, I've started to develop a, I want to say tea fetish, you know, you can see right here, this is a mint majesty. Awesome. <laughs> um, I started, um, I started to drink coffee a little bit more, and that provides me a nice little spark. Um that's typically what I do. Um, yeah. Trying to get closer to God, you know, 
been more in tune with that. And I think all that stuff's been helping. That's really cool. And do you just like when it's uncomfortable, just sometimes just allow it to be uncomfortable and see what you can learn? No, that's a real big thing. Like, for example, I used to even just like drink like before an interview, you know, like back in the day before, before this right here, I would have had a couple of sips of tequila just to like knock the edge off, you know, or when I go on a podcast or anything like that, I would drink before. But now that I'm becoming like more comfortable with myself, I'm no longer reacting to the world. I'm letting the world react to me. And I'm just like saying to myself, ah, actually, ah, you know, I don't got to impress this person. They don't fuck, if they don't like mess with me, so be it. Right. You know, so yeah, it's been, it's been nice in that form. Just accepting that not everyone's going to like you. Yeah. So I'm not going to, you know, alter my current reality and, you know, just to please somebody who doesn't even know me or care about me. That's wow. so cool. And I, I feel like too, when you, when you start to do that sort of stuff and just show up, you're like, wow, I actually just showed up for myself and right. it was all right. Like right. almost the fear of it was worse than the reality. Right. Exactly. You know, just like, I remember I did, I did like a, I did a, a little interview. It was like some, it was sort of like, it was like one of these, like, you know, a little cra crazier side type things. And I just remember saying to myself, you know, you're sort of funny, man. You know, like, like you don't got to be like tipsy or drunk to, you know, like be funny. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's almost like meeting yourself all over again. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, wow. And like I said, with this whole music and music artist stuff, it's very just like popular and just to be on something the whole time. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's been nice just to like consistently meet Daniel every day. Yeah. And just so empowering to know like over and over all your experiences just reinforce that like, wow, I, I thought I needed this crutch, but I don't need it. Like and right. better without it. It's just awesome. All right. Very I really cool. ask myself, I'm like, like, is it possible to like reintroduce it? Sometimes I ask myself that, like, I've always just been like thinking, I'm like, I wonder like, could I like, you know, but I don't like, yeah, thoughts I have. I'm like, where does one go from here? You know, well, just go for the rest of life or, you know? Yeah. I think it's so interesting because I, I get asked that question all the time. Like, can I moderate? And um, I actually did a like ebook on it. It's at canimoderate.com. And it's like the six things according mm -hmm. to science that really, that. yeah, it, it, you have a, t I mean, I'll just send it to you. Um, but okay, but it, yeah. we have a tough time. I'll send you my book too, because I think that we all owe it to ourselves to at least, I mean, I was sitting here and I had a headache yesterday. So I like took two ibuprofen and I was thinking, you know what? I, before this whole journey for me, I knew more about the side effects of ibuprofen than I did about alcohol. And so like my work is just all about like the science of it. Like, what does it really do? Does it really help? Does it really make things better? Does it really relax you? Does it really help you loosen up in the bedroom? Does it make you funnier? And really wow. going into like the brain science of it. And I just feel like we owe it to ourselves to know that stuff, to make an informed decision about exactly what you're asking, right? Like mm -hmm. just know first. And then, yeah, if you want to fine, but like, just, just give yourself the gift of knowledge first and then make that decision.
Right. Right. Yeah, because even now I'm like, okay, so like, I mean, today's the 24th, so the 23rd, it was three months, you know, so I'm like, okay, well, I'm sort of getting like, you know, even like now I'm getting sort of annoyed at people always asking how far, how many, you know, time it's been. I'm like, do I want to consistently count now forever? Yeah, don't count. You I know? mean, that's my opinion. Like I never counted right. and I was just like, and I never say I'm never going to drink again, ever. I always right. say like, I drink as much as I want whenever I want. I just haven't wanted to drink in almost eight years now. And and I, I feel like there's so much freedom in that, in not putting labels on yourself, not putting rules on yourself. The brain gets all right. funky when we make these rules. We're like, but what if, what if I'm like, 50 and I want to be at my, you know, some wedding right. of my, I don't know. It just gets, right. I think. <laughs> like I was, I was, at, I was at dinner <laughs> the other day and um, uh, the girls with her, she had wine, you know what I mean? And I've never like told anyone to stop drinking when they're around me and I'm like, do whatever, do whatever you want. But I remember I picked it up and I just smelt it. You know what I mean? And I was just like, what if I were to just take a sip of this right now? I was like, I was thinking about, I was like, oh man, I feel like shit then you know, after this whole time. So yeah, I guess, it's, yeah, I, I definitely want to check out that can I moderate thing and stuff like that. It's definitely important and, and get yourself that knowledge, you know? Yeah, because one of the things that I think is, is why the stuff that I do works so well for people and helps people really make drinking less or stopping drinking effortless is because usually when we try to change a behavior we do exactly what you did is we just stop the behavior but there's really right. three things that you need to change a behavior you need to know something new and the amazing thing about knowing something new is you start to feel something new and then when mm -hmm. you feel something new it's really easy to change and so like the education the knowledge it just helps you feel differently so you don't have that nagging feeling of like but maybe it would help right now but maybe it would be this because you just you just don't feel like you really want to do it anymore. And that's like for me, because I tried to just cut back for probably six years and abject misery. Like I was just miserable drinking wow. two bottles of wine a night, trying to cut back. And it wasn't until I actually really learned so much that I was like, huh, I don't really want to do that anymore. And it was, it was never because I had to, or never, you know, it's very similar to you. You didn't, you don't have to do this. You just, you, I feel like you have had this really cool experience of, you know, this song and, and how much of an impact and how powerful it's being for yourself and so many people. And it's never been a have to, it's, it's been a, huh, let me try this out. And I think right. going without, you know, no, like, I don't know. I think it would be great for you to just dig into some of that science because. Yeah. And I think it's important, like just even all the people that have reached out to me, because I've always been one who's really big on just like talking to as many people as possible in the DMs and doing everything like that. And just like, the amount of people, like even just that I've grown up with who have reached out to me about it is just like, wow, there's a lot of people just like who are over drinking. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's, it's like, it's something that I really feel like everyone's going to know either go through it or know someone who does yep. in their life. Everyone. And, you know, Everyone. and it's just like, so I think it's a really important conversation. You know, it's just like, cause it's, it's messing people up, man. I mean, that's what that song is doing is it's just getting the conversation out of the shadows into the mainstream and saying, Hey, you don't have to be an alcoholic. You don't have to right. be on the verge of a rock bottom to just like start to have these questions. and. I don't know. That's just so cool because it is an everyone conversation, right? right? It's almost as if like we, with alcohol, it's almost as if we wait um, until the end stages to get help instead of just being like, no, I kind of have a headache. I want to 
you know, look at it now instead of waiting till like our, we're having like a embolism in our brain or something. And that's what we do. Like we allow alcohol to get like so far and there's no real good reason for that. And that's, what's so cool about your work is it's, it's opening up the conversation to so many people who might not be thinking about it otherwise. Right. And that's always like not been one of my goals, just like to do what I do in a way that doesn't like sacrifice the musicality. You know what I mean? Like it's a critical thinking song when you really think about it. Like what I'm saying, it like allows you to look into yourself and be like, is this why I do it? But Mm -hmm. it doesn't like sacrifice the musicality of the whole thing. Like you can still listen to it subconsciously and just enjoy it. Yeah. No, it's an incredible, incredible song. Um, It's just awesome. Well, so Dax, let me finish up by asking the question that I always ask at the end of these, these things, which is if you were going to, you know, go back in time to early days in the pandemic where you're having, you know, a few shots before you do 300 pushups, and then you're kind of sipping all day long and waking up the next day and being like, ah, why did I do that? And you were just going to tell him about how, how life is for you right now. What would you say? I would tell him. It's definitely more enjoyable to just always be fully present. Mm -hmm. And like, there's a certain confidence that's, that you start to build up that I think is even like more than the confidence with the alcohol when you're just consistently showing up for yourself every day and doing what you said you were going to do. You know, I've always felt that in different, um, like, you know, avenues like basketball and things like that, but I never felt it like mentally with this. And I think mm-hmm. now that I just, every day I like that, I don't like drink. I just feel like I'm getting more. Confidence. So I would tell them that there's, there's even more of a confidence to be unlocked. If you can just consistently know that every single situation you're going through is just you handling it with the aid of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so empowering to just be like, no, I showed up for that. I did that. I didn't have to have a crutch. I didn't have to have a, oh, that's awesome. Well, this has just been so cool and I really appreciate your time and your work. It's really impactful. Thank you. Are you ready to make instant changes to your drinking? The answer is not in restriction or deprivation, and you don't need more self-control. I am here to tell you that you can break your patterns and habits and finally feel liberated from alcohol. You can return to a life where alcohol is small and irrelevant for you, a non-issue, take it or leave it. In fact, we have three secrets to control your drinking, and we are going to teach them all live in a special three-day free virtual event from June 6th to 8th. Learn the three secrets to control your drinking and make changes instantly live with us. Save your spot today at controlalcohollive.com. We can't wait to see you there. And as always, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.